Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. There you are. <laughs> there you are. There you Either are. way. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And Hello. Welcome to <laughs> the Brady Bunch. Wait, the Brady Bunch. <laughs> oh my gosh, we need more guests. Welcome to our first episode of Vox Vomitus of 2022. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and Pretty Ugly. Joining me, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Allison Martin, author of The Bourbon Books, which includes Dibs Since September and Move on Melinda. And Dibs is a very recent award-winning novel. So again, we're still mm-hmm. celebrating that from a few weeks ago. Still drinking about it. Still drinking about we're that. Just started to drink about it. I'm not really sure. Who knows? There's no rules here in internet land. No. <laughs> With us today is our fantastic guest, Kim Taylor Blakemore. And I she's here my to- drink. Woo-hoo! Yes. Yes. And uh, she is here to talk about uh, the writing process in general and also her historic mystery after Alice fell, which I just have to say, and I know I say this all the time on the show, we love the book. Um, I just finished it two days ago. And I, once again, we get we get a great book that checks off so many of the things I look for in a novel. I swear, you seriously are just looking for New England, New Hampshire mm-hmm. authors, and you just go, so does someone die in New Hampshire? I need well, that book. Well, it's, but Kim's not a New Hampshire native. <laughs> I so I didn't expect an asylum, a lunatic asylum in New Hampshire, of all places, which you for guys people, have a lot of lunatics. We do. <laughs> uh, for people who are unfamiliar with me, I live in New Hampshire. It's a small state, which in historic mysteries tends to have a lot of death. <laughs> and lunacy. And lunacy. Yes. Kim, where are you? <laughs> I'm in Oregon, which has a lot of death and lunacy, too, because of the You pain. really do. Oh, and a lot and of Bigfoot. serial killers. And, and serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Pacific Northwest, you're in like serial killer territory. Yeah, exactly. They're all from there. Yeah, exactly. See, this is the difference between our genres because she's like serial killer and I'm still on. So tell me more about Bigfoot. (laughs) 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 You're like, there's no Bigfoot in my book. That's okay. Can we write him in a sequel? (laughs) A sequel where it's it's an asylum for uh, insane Sasquatch and go. I know. I was going to say for big feet. I'm wearing sloth slippers. Does that count for you? <laughs> yes. You're dressed like a, a, a big foot. I don't know. <laughs> My feet are not that big, but that's okay. Um, I wouldn't think they are because we're the same size. No, we're small. <laughs> so anyways, Kim, about yes. you. <laughs> Tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about After Alice Fell. Okay. Well, I already said I'm from the state of serial killers and Bigfoot. So we we can just start right there. The only way to stay sane in the rain is to do things like write and drink. Drink. (laughs) Those two things often go hand in hand. I drink coffee. Not I don't drink drink. I drink coffee, but it keeps me up through all the gray days. So yeah. So I write um, historical thrillers and historical suspense. um, And there, the three that I have, I have two out, The Companion and After Alice Fell are both in New Hampshire in the same town as is the next one coming out, um, The Deception. And so they're, they're in the three decades. So 1855 is The Companion, 1865 is After Alice Fell, and 1877 is The Deception. 
Okay, you got to tell us how how you're set everything then in this state when you're in Oregon. Yeah. What's the inspiration for the opposite coast? Yes, because you knew some of the names of the towns. Yes, because I love New Hampshire and I've been out there twice for research. But when I first started writing uh, the companion, I it was really gothic, and I said, "Where in the U.S. is really gothic?" <laughs> <laughs> that same sort of English vibe, right? Lots of woods and mill towns that are falling apart and trains yeah. that go nowhere. And people with secrets that don't yeah. want to talk about their emotions. Exactly. That everything is just like right under the surface. <laughs> or the yeah. surface of water, you know, it yeah. depends. People drown a lot. I don't know. Well, but so I was looking for it and then I started going, well, New England has all of that. And then I really just thought, where can I set for the first one? Where is a small mill town? What river and whatever? So I was literally took a map out and started looking at some history and went like this. And I was right on the Kuntukuk <laughs> River. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's right by Peter Peterborough. Peterborough, however you say it. How do it you is say how it? you say it. It is Peterborough. Okay. All right. Because my, my town's name is Harborough. So not Borough. Harborough. Harborough. Yeah. You're even saying it with a New England accent. Yeah. It's like yeah. Harrowborough. Harrowborough. In my head, it was Harrowborough until somebody said, you're an idiot. And it was the narrator. It was the, <laughs> it was the woman who narrated the book, the companion. She's from Keene. Uh, so we were talking about the book. She's like, you pronounce everything wrong. <laughs> well, what's funny is I'm like, I, oh my God. I grew up in Southern New Hampshire, so I don't have that like Harborough or I can't even do it accent. <laughs> so in my head, it was still Harborough. Yes. <laughs> my like, I went to school for theater. My accent has been beaten out of me. Harborough. <laughs> Well, and yeah. I like that. I know that Keene's a real place. Keene spelled K-E-E-N-E is my maiden yeah. name. So I've had many people say, oh, do you have family from there? I didn't even know until I was a grown up that that is a place. I'm going, we have a town. Yeah. No, it's it's a town. We have a town. You it's even have, a, there's a college there too. There's yeah. a college. No one, a no one sent me there. Sorry. It's a great town. You are, Jennifer, you're between Concord and and um, Keene, right? Almost yes. smack between the two. I'm smack between the two. Yeah. And I worked in Concord. I still work in Concord. Yeah. So I got very excited during your book when it was like, oh, we're taking, you know, the, not the train, but we're, you know, we're going, are you going up to Concord? Are you going here? So I was like, where is she? Because she's <laughs> not in Concord and it's not Manchester. And I thought you were in Keene. But then somebody said, oh, the, like someone said, I went to Keene. And I'm like, oh, they're not in Keene. They must be in Peterborough. <laughs> Perfect. That is I'm excellent. A and me. Hello. Ah, hello. <laughs> I haven't seen her in ages. So fun. Annie is the reason you're on this show. Really? Yes. Annie's because a superstar. She, she's a hilarious. She's amazing. And there yes. was one time that we had a guest canceled too late. And I messaged Annie and I was just like, do you have authors that like, you know me, you know our show that we would love? And she said, you and Tanya Mitchell. Tanya, yeah. So Tanya like awesome. came in like, I can be there next week. And we were like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, there's an asylum in Concord. Yes, I yeah. do. It's now state offices. It is. I, isn't that odd? <laughs> I um, knew somebody who worked at the state offices who allowed us the use of their key 
I pause. love how cryptic you're being right now. Because <laughs> this person's going to get fired if you finish yeah. the story. <laughs> this is, it's just a story. She's making it's up. It's just a story. I am a fiction. Um, so I was, we were allowed to, with supervision from somebody who might work at the state offices, we were allowed to go into the kitchen and the tunnels. But most of the buildings are blocked off. Mm-hmm. Also, so I know where she loves you all. When I so so for for people who haven't read After Alice Fell, it starts at the beginning with a woman, Marion, who's in the morgue of an asylum, and she's identifying the body of her sister Alice. And the the asylum says she uh, committed suicide, and Marion says there's absolutely no way she committed suicide. So the entire book is is trying to find out the truth of what happened to her sister. And then you get all the New Hampshire secrets and lies and all that stuff and people dying underwater and you know things like that. Yeah, and there's, there's always a pond. There's always, always a pond. pond. Property They're everywhere. Like, oh. You guys have so many ponds and trees. It's like crazy. I thought Oregon had trees. No, you guys have the trees. I recently moved to Deering. And when my friend's came to help us move they were just like they drove to our house and they were like where do you live this is just like all swamps and woods and they referred to it as murder country and i'm yeah. like yeah yeah there you that's go that's about it it's beautiful though <laughs> allison where are you see i'm in orange county california oh I'm very good. I, went to, I went to uc irvine oh okay so my, my husband actually teaches yeah. a writing course with uc irvine for kids so fantastic we have we have Irvine here all the time uh, represented in the house but I always laugh because we never get books set in Orange County because other than Dean Koontz nobody writes books set in Orange County he's only like didn't Christopher Pike didn't Christopher Pike I don't write know I know that County. Christopher Christopher Rice and Rice's son was writing some books set in California but they were more if I'm remembering correctly they were like Inland Empire kind of high desert area. They weren't here. That's another so, murder sort of place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. don't have, we don't have a lot of, we, we just don't get exciting things happening here. Everybody's just like, you Disneyland. have Disneyland. Yeah. You have Disneyland. You have sun. We have sun. Yeah. You have sun. Oh, it's, it's, not a, <laughs> like, it's not a great, like my most recently completed book. I have stuff specifically set in orange. So anyone who under, and ever reads that will get, <gasps> Something set that's in a place fun. I actually know. Old Town Orange. Fun. Yes. That's fun. So, that's Kim, so cool. um, yeah. first, I want to say I love your style of writing. It was so poetic and literary. And I just, I felt like so much of it, if you just like broke down the lines, it would have read is like this it's stunning poem about like grief and trauma while still being a mystery. So, I love that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The other thing I wanted to touch on is I think my favorite part of almost every book is when I read the acknowledgement section. And I love it when the authors are honest during their acknowledgement section and say things like, this took six drafts or thank you, everybody that turned this from a mess to what you're reading now. (laughs) And I think, I think you wrote something in your acknowledgements, like six drafts or something like that, or like, thank you for saving this book. So this is why you're here. To talk about the process. The all, process. All <laughs> yes, the process. Um, so, I mean, it's historical. So, obviously, I'm assuming you started with a ton of research. Yes. So, yeah, it's a lot of research. And I, I tend to research more. Um, a lot of the research of that was done before COVID. So, I was able to go to New Hampshire twice and I went to the archives. 
and was able to look through jail things. I was not able to get into the asylum. I'm like you. She doesn't have a friend with but a But I have like a, that creepy, I've creepy Google Earth and I cr- Google Earth the whole where the asylum was and, and oh, all nice. that. And got, went to the state library, got a lot of stuff from there. So I really like um, primary sources rather than reading things that are later. So I'll, I will first, when I'm doing the research, I stop researching the year the books takes place. So I don't want to really know how people think past that time. I don't know if that makes any sense, but no, that makes a lot of sense. If you want to get in that mindset of what those characters and what they were drawing from. And one of the things, as far as I'm, I'm not a huge history buff, even though I was a history minor. So you'd think I should be, but having that in the back of the, like it was the war, the war was going on and how the war because it's just post civil war. And Mm -hmm. your main character was a nurse, although Mm -hmm. she hadn't been trained as a nurse who then was out there and used that kind of as an escape from the life she was leading. Mm-hmm. And people were looking at her like, how dare you? It's like, well, there's a war going on. I know. I think that's yeah. kind of a big deal. And we look back and this war still is a huge thing in our history. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's like, you know, this disrupted our plant and the mill and people's jobs rather than, oh, and a lot of people died. Yeah, I mean, you see it in that book, particularly the loss and, and you know, putting the same loss in that she has and the woman down the street who lost both of her sons in the war and mm. has the house and can't afford it because there was no pensions. And then, you know, just there's loss everywhere from that. But I love research and I love going in person. So, so during COVID has been difficult. So the new book has been completely researched online. Which is, is it just is it like a closed room mystery, but the room <laughs> happens to be in New Hampshire? <laughs> no, <laughs> it is <laughs> it's not a closed room mystery. I had some great conversations. I had a conversation with a guy who knows every single type of carriage that was made at this place in <laughs> New Hampshire. Really obscure and he wants no, me to come. Knowledge. No, he wanted me to come. He's like, I will drive you all over the state because there's this one that has 18 people and six horses. And then I'll take you to this one at this person's farm. That's a two seater. Is he Amish? He's not. He just, knows. if he is, there's I don't a, know how he's talking. He there's, a, there's a really, really <laughs> sorry. People here love that. We love our history. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of like, yeah. The historical every, societies. Every around historical here. society I went to all of them on both trips. They were amazing. The people were amazing. They're like, come they must just be so happy stuff. to share this information. Somebody, so cares. Like, Somebody cares about the <laughs> carriages. I, I went to the one in Keene and, and like there was three women down in the basement area where they just had like cases of glass that was made there and scissors and the types of plates and stuff. And they said, you want to come see this other room? These are probably my relatives. (laughs) So they opened this door in this basement. And there's this like horrible room with just like things all on shelves. And oh, that's amazing. There's all these bricks. And I'm like, what the heck? What What room is this? And she picks one up and she's like, do you see this brick? We have to catalog every one of these that came from a building in town. And then she's like, every one. Oh, my. <laughs> puts it down. Has she, she escaped from the asylum? Because I, no, say, and then I they think they're going to end up in the asylum. <laughs> they're going to end up there. It's like, oh my god! I'm like, what? And she's, she said, people just drop everything off. They think it's historic, but these bricks come from a real building that's historic. So we have to code every single one. 
if it came from the building, can we just put it back in the building and call it good? I think that what they're we're going to do was try and recreate some buildings. I think that's why they're ar- archiving the the stuff. But she but, didn't. Oh seem my gosh! You never think job. about how many bricks are in a building until you have to. I think oh, yeah. like catalog them, piles of them. Yeah, but I know why like... they they do do things like that because back when I was in high school, and I don't know exactly why we did this. My high school youth group went and we remudded. That's a thing. A historical log cabin in Virginia. And we're sitting there and like they removed all, we took out the old mud and put in new mud. Why? I'm still not sure. They but did it to keep you kids busy doing. and <laughs> off drugs and, and from exactly. like, you know, having sex. No, it probably, I didn't say that didn't happen. I said, this is what we were doing during the daytime. <laughs> and we also had to put on a new roof. And this is also where I learned that no matter how thick your soles are, a bent nail can go through the side of your shoe. And I'm really glad I got my tetanus shot before I went. Oh, this I is awesome. That's but yeah, awful. I know that that's a thing. That that's awful. Will, you have to keep like the original, <laughs> so much of the original stuff. So it's like, yeah. well, here are the bricks. And now we have new mortar, I guess. But eh, I don't want a catalog. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I, they were just happy to have someone down there so they could like complain about the bricks, but show me all the other stuff. So I'm like, like it's and you people, know what? It's dark. you. It's people like you who make people who volunteer and work at historical societies it makes it worthwhile or else it's just cataloging bricks and every once in a while probably a kid has to come in (laughs) for for like a report yeah field trip and they don't want to be there they're going to be like yeah bricks when you talk to them and 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 i had a rock star librarian that i worked with at the state library for both the companion and this book and i was able to say this is the story so in the companion, it's a woman who may or may not have killed two women in the house she worked at. Ooh. So I said, this is the story and she's in prison. And I've spent a year trying to figure out in 1855 where she would be. And and I couldn't find anything. Like what prison going, you mean? There was no women's prison. Oh. So and, so and jails and prison and courts worked very differently. Like you waited three months for the court of common pleas people to come through to even do your case and the people who did the accusation paid for everything. So, so where was someone who is a what where was someone who was a suspect kept in the meantime? There a lot of them would have a cell at the whether it's at the station or some place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd be kept with the sheriff. Um, in Connecticut there's a story I'm researching now that the sheriff keeps one of the people at his house cuz she's nice and she knows uh, how to use men. So he's like, you can stay at my house. <laughs> okay. We can share um, covers. And so, girls. but anyway, so this woman, she's like, oh, I'll look through the archives. This is fantastic. And she found all the prison reports from 1849 on. And she's like, you need 1855. It has the warden, the, the doctor, the minister, ev- an inventory of everything in the prison. And then through that, what happened in the year, what was built, what was fixed, what was repaired, who, every single person, why they were there and for how long. If you stole a horse, that's seven incredible. Right. <laughs> Joe so Compton says, I would, Joe Compton says, I would turn those bricks into a stage play of the cask of Amontillado. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Don't visit Joe's house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so she found all those for me. So I could see that the women were kept above the warden's rooms so the warden's family would lived at the prison the men's prison and the women six women lived upstairs and they served the family 
Oh, you know, what? so, I mean, so she did yeah. that. And then when I did the next one, I said, hey, I'm going to do anything in an asylum. Want to go with me? And she's, I said, I'm coming back to New Hampshire. We're going to get in the <laughs> asylum. I think I'll set the book in Concord. But we couldn't get in. Yeah. But she did find the records from the doctors there. So you have no cases. You not, don't know that. But I was able to nope. then take that, that uh, asylum and move it and make it a fictional one in the fictional town. See, and I was wondering, because I know you had mentioned the asylum in Concord, and then I was like, oh, was there a smaller one in Peterborough? It's, yes, in my head. It go, yeah. Because <laughs> the one in Concord, as you know, because you've seen it, I'm sure, is massive. Yeah. It's yes. more than one building. Yes. It's, and they all, know. they took, at the time, the Quakers had built those, and it was about having people who had dis-ease have fresh air and industry. So there was, they had their own animals. They did everything within there. Okay. Yes. Industry. Did they actually give them needles then? Because reading that scene, and I, it's not a huge spoiler, so I apologize. No. There's a scene where Marion's touring this place and everybody's sewing and none of them got needles. And they're just like, look at me sewing. You know what? Don't <laughs> tell anyone else, but I have no effing idea. I just love that. It was, like, it was, I was like, like, that's, that's, that's weird. That's totally it weird. Is. It was right? such a creepy scene because where they're like, if you think about it, would you give one of those people a needle? No. 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 Um, and I will say, um, this isn't funny, but in the okay. early 1950s, my grandmother was actually in Concord in the asylum. In Concord. Oh, really? And my mother remembers on Sundays, they would allow families to come and picnic and they would walk the patients to the window and let them like wave between the bars at their family and then like go away. That's but odd. Even up until um, the asylum in Concord closed down, I think they were still providing like the, the steam industry was there. It heated all of downtown Concord. Yeah. People worked in like the steam rooms. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's sad. You know, Amazing it's a, through the window. Yeah. Put that in your book. <laughs> and I'm just, another book. I'm, I'm thinking of a I similarly sad, sad scene. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> when my mom was going through chemo treatment, she couldn't have kids in the room. And I, I was pregnant at the time, but my sister already had her eldest daughter. My mm -hmm. sister would go down in the parking lot and like parade by with the baby who could wave at my mom. But that that's the visual I'm getting there of, you know, sure. we can't see you, but sort of. And I think yeah. a lot of people went through this during COVID. Yeah. Too. We're like doing that. Nursing no. homes. And, yes, mm -hmm. we're doing that still. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So That's you start true. with your research. You have a ton of research. You have a ton of helpers. Yeah. What is your first draft like? Is it factual or do you add the facts in later? Like, I just, uh, well, is I. Is it word vomit? No, I tend to. Um, for, for after Alice fell, I didn't know what I was going to write. And I just got on a plane. I was talking to my brother. I said, I wrote the companion. I don't know what's next. I think I want to do this sort of pseudo Western. He's like, you need to do another God. <laughs> that was not pseudo Western. Okay. Oh, not pseudo Western. <laughs> just checking. No, no, Did no. I miss something? No, he, I wanted to, because I have this book that I'm still working on. That's sort of my, well, anyway, that's not, not neither here nor there. It's a different <laughs> book, but. I got on an airplane and I just opened this notebook and pulled out a pencil and I just wrote New Hampshire, 1865, the asylum and just started writing on the plane. And the very first scene is what I wrote on the plane. 
I mean, oh. if I could pull off the wall because I put on the wall the first page of my books or did when I hand wrote them, now I type them. So that doesn't look as pretty on the wall. But <laughs> yeah, and so it was just that. It just started with that. And who's Marion? Marion, and who is this woman? And then I just go from there. So then I tried to try and like create some form of a story from that. Mm-hmm. I like that, the way you said that. Just some form some of a story. I don't know. Well, I don't think I write mysteries. I write more okay. suspense. You can you can know yeah. who in anything any but you. There's no surprise. Like oh my gosh, it's that person who did it. It's like yeah. yeah. Well, there's. I love the difference between a who done it and a why done it. Yes. So yeah. why done it are, are to me are more suspense, right? So it's but there like, were a lot oh, of whys in your book. There yeah. were there were a lot of whys that were revealed everything, and I don't I don't want to say all of them, but there were a lot more whys than just what happened with Alice. That was just like the mm-hmm. starting one. And, right. I, and I will take issue with your first scene. A, I loved it. But B, I just kept telling Jen, and she's like, it's not Alice, and just stop, is I wanted it to be related to Alice in Wonderland because I wanted it to be that Alice come back. And it says right in the beginning that the cause, cause of death, mania. I'm like, well, yeah, if she came back from Wonderland, she'd be kind of screwed up. I know. Alison's like, probably. can you just tell me? Is it and Alice she, in Wonderland and Jen's like, It's not. I'm like, are you sure though? I probably was about halfway done before. I'm like, okay, okay. It's not. I finally give up. It's not. It's I will not. stop trying it's to make fun. it happen. That would be brilliant. But well, <laughs> yeah. and, and both Jen and I, I think we both have read a book that's <laughs> called Just After Alice that yeah. isn't really yeah. based that's on... The- that but it's Gregory Maguire, but it's right. you know he writes all the fairy tale stuff, and Jen's like it's not, it's in an asylum. Stop, stop! Like, but she used the word Alice. <laughs> like, stop it! The name does not mean anything other than that's the name of the but person. That, I, that name Gregory is Gregory. iconic, isn't it? It it's is. Like, it is. You immediately think Alice, and I even tried to change her name because I thought that it's this is no, Alice, and I'm but like, that's certain her characters name. they just the name just becomes part of them, and isn't you cannot true? change their name. Isn't that true? Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the title was perfect because oh, yeah. everybody has that iconic image of Alice of Alice in Wonderland falling, falling. and, and now to like superimpose it on like yeah. somebody else, I was like, oh, love it, especially and I love the because, name Alice. So well, and especially because she is a character who is not all right in the head, as they they say, and that's a lot of figuring out more about who she is and why she's like this, and why did she get committed? That's one of the biggest whys. That goes through there and the way you describe her i just i loved all of that so i mean i'm mostly teasing about the whole what do you mean this isn't alice in wonderland i want to have a tea party because <laughs> i'm glad it didn't go that direction because it's yeah. been done you know like i don't think there would have been as many surprises and revelations i can't you do can... gregory Maguire. that's, he's, that's he's okay. brilliant he as, he, as he is he's, he's fine like, you yeah, do you fine. him let him exactly. do exactly and and yeah. the the scenes with the um I again I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but I loved even just the old style. And I'm sure somebody probably had to help you with the research about the like the slideshows. <gasps> I love that little love bit of entertainment that. that like, oh, we're gonna put up slides and that they're painted slides. And mm-hmm. my my six-year-old right now has been trying to make a projector out of a mirror and he really wanted a shoebox and he really wanted my cell phone. Like, you can't have my cell phone. I need my cell phone. <laughs> but I ripped a mirror out of my eyeshadow case because he wouldn't stop bugging me i'm like fine you can have this <laughs> and i'm just thinking is this what they did and after alice to make a projector they used that a mirror projector, so those projectors the first time i heard about them was when i was researching valerie girl a long time ago and jake jacob reese wrote a book called how the other half lives in new right. york city he right he was the first person who showed the underside of the bowery and 
and the immigrants and, and the poor uh, in the Gilded Age. Gilded Age. And he d- took a ton of photographs. So he would go all around the country or the East and he had a magic lantern. And because it, he would take those photographs, the slides and project them on walls. So he would go to Hillsboro or Deer, Deering. That's where you're Deering. from. Deering? Yep. Deer. It's Deering. Deering. But, but he would go and write on the brick wall and, and project <laughs> these huge images to show people who didn't understand and didn't know how bad the poverty was at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the Museum of the City of New York to see the slides th- that he had. And they took me upstairs and I got to wear all the gloves. And I, there's some that were really, I really wanted to see. And she goes, okay, I'll go get them for you. Now I, in my head, because they've been on my computer, I'm expecting these slides, these photos, right? They're like literally this big. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, really? <laughs> really? I came all the way out here to do this no, to be like, it's too big. It's this. And you're like, mm, Because lovely. it went in that projector. So that was sort of that idea. And I said, I've always wanted to use that, the, those magic lanterns. You can still buy them, you know. You can t- you get on eBay, type so in magic eBay lantern. Has everything. And everything. Don't tell my kid he'll want one. Yeah, they um, look really cool. I want an extended version of this book that has um, like extras in it, like pages from Alice's journal oh, yeah. and her drawings and like color illustrations. So get on that. If I if <laughs> I had drawing? any sense of art, I could do it, but I'm terrible. <laughs> terrible okay, then you'll artist. have to have have somebody that. else do it. That would be really yeah. interesting. You know, one of the things in that book is I really wanted Alice to have a voice. Mm. She doesn't speak. Yeah. And she's dead. <laughs> well, there's that. So there's two things. She <laughs> has no voice because she is dead. And because she, she doesn't speak, speak because she stopped yeah. speaking at 14. But I Which really is- wanted her to have a voice that was really important to me. That she did because she's one of those people that is forgotten and cast aside. Yeah. The odd. The odd. Odd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I, she like broke my heart so much. And I was so intrigued by her. Um, Because she seemed, especially like through the eyes of her nephew, to be like this otherworldly person. Yeah, she was like magic to him. She was magic. Well, I feel like the nephew was the only one who really understood her, who really was able to communicate with her. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things. And I have a big soft spot in my heart for people who are nonverbal and who don't Mm -hmm. necessarily communicate through the ways that everybody else does. And that doesn't mean that they're any less, like there's always a presumption. Oh, well, if they aren't speaking, they must not have anything to say. And that's just completely wrong. Right. Just don't necessarily know how to listen. And he was the only one who did. Everybody else is just like, Oh, she's, she's a burden. She's this, she's that. Yeah. And you know, one of, one of, uh, one of my children is, she's not nonverbal. She speaks plenty, but she communicates mostly through her art. And so did Alice. And I totally saw that connection there. And just even our understanding of how, People who don't have the same standard neurotype were treated 10 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Back then, I mean, Alice, she stopped speaking at a specific point, but selective mutism, which is a bad term, but mutism in general and situational mutism mm-hmm. and trauma-induced mutism are huge things. And people mm-hmm. just are like, we don't know what to do with you. And the thing is, is, if Alice had stopped talking when she was two, people would have said she was a changeling. Probably yeah. weird, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? But she probably would have started talking before too. She would have babbled and then just didn't didn't progress beyond babbling. Yeah. 
but all those, all those things, just how they handled it. But I, I loved how you handled the fact that there was, there was trauma involved there and no one wanted to look into that. They're just like, Oh, well, I'll manage her. I'll manage her. And then I'm tired of managing her and no one comes to visit because she's there. And all of that just was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I thought it was very interesting though, then the whole who's coming to visit and the the social status, because then it's turned around then later with Kathy. Lovely oh, Kathy. 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 My favorite thing about <laughs> I Kathy. I have so many Kathy friends, but I'm just like, Kathy. Like Kathy. <laughs> the thing about Kathy was Kathy's like outfits. And every time Marion like describes what she's wearing, it's always just like, it's a skirt made. It has sunflowers. And then her shawl yeah. has peacocks. And then it's this. And I'm like, right. it's like, aren't you supposed Kathy. to be in mourning? <laughs> yeah. We did for seven whole minutes. <laughs> she did it seven whole we minutes. And she's now. like, bury the girl. Bury the girl. I'm wearing all of the patterns. Yes. So Toby, eat your food. I'm going to yeah. dump some salt on it and now eat it. Oh my gosh, Kathy. You, Kathy. I, all of the characters, I just like loved and hated all of them. Like I just was like obsessed with this hate, family. I didn't hate the, I didn't hate Toby. I, I didn't hate Tyrion. I didn't hate Alice. I mean, everybody. And then there Kathy. was all the, uh, the asylum people. Right. I loved but yes, well Kitty. Kitty, Kitty I loved. Kitty, Kitty I just was like oh, Kitty, Kitty. So, you know, you talk about writing process. She's a character who just showed up. I get literally that. the scene where she's running by the carriage, Mrs. 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 I'm like, who, who are, are you? you? Who are you? I get yeah. that. So Is she or Agnes? She, I, have, I have a character in my Victorian era asylum books named Agnes who literally showed up just being like a brat and then all of a sudden she was like one of the main characters and i'm like oh, all of a sudden i am the plot me. of the book that is i know so like fun. oh my god she's so important to it now yeah isn't that so fun i think I it know. may be this asylum thing that the asylums just have a cast of characters that you start writing they're like would you like one of our inmates here you go and you're like I oh, never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, do you want to come see what's in this room no. and they open the door and it's kitty no you don't do you want to come to floor five? <laughs> right? Like, sure. Okay. Yeah. There isn't one, but I'll go. How high is the roof? Oh, how high is it up in that part? Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, Kitty was a fun. great character. She was another yeah. one that I was like, we need a short story about Kitty and the extended hardcover version about this, a Kitty origin story. I love Kitty. There are some people that I wish that I could write other books around, and I might when I get time. It's like even if they're novellas, right? Like yeah, yeah like a collection of short cool. stories. Sure, I've never on, like, written a short story. I'm like afraid of them. So you am should I. be. They're terrible. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, they're there's, terrifying. There's no, there's no wiggle room in them. You, there isn't. No, no there, there isn't. Room. And, <laughs> and it's it's interesting because I've I've read a ton of short stories and I've written a ton of short stories and I've never written a short story that I'm like, yes, this is a good short story because I realize the way I write you can't shorten it beyond a certain point before you, yeah. you've lost everything. <laughs> like, and that's a fail. All right. Yeah. That's just oh, yeah. not my thing. That's okay. I yeah. went through a phase about a year ago, year and a half where I'm like, I'm going to write some short stories. How'd that work out for you? Not good. You've never sent me one. <laughs> They're not good. No, I think <laughs> one is pretty good, but it's more experimental. And I feel like at this point, it doesn't really read like a short story. It reads like a weird long poem. <laughs> Ooh, that could be a thing. That's cool. Which could be a thing. But I was like, but there's no beginning, middle, and end. There's just oh. a, these things are happening. But, but I there's think just like a middle. Stories, they don't have to have beginning, middles, and ends, I, I hear. 
I hear. A slice. They can be a slice of things. Don't me. I don't know. I'm afraid of them. <laughs> and and I've read, I mean, some of my favorites, I love the Neil Gaiman collections. They're really good. And I've also done a lot of the like best of anthologies. But even with the best of anthologies, I'll read an entire anthology and go, there was one in here that I liked and the rest of this was a waste. Sorry, they didn't do anything for me. And I think it's part of it is the things that drive me are less concept driven and less twists. And, you know, how can we make this little thing just kind of a twist at the end? And more about relationships and story arc. And you just, it's hard to do that in small spaces. So if you can do that, amazing. And if you can, I'm not going to hate you because. But that's why I like the idea of like taking characters that people might already know, like characters that you've already written that we already have a relationship with and maybe write a short story or something about them. Because then we don't have to, as you're like loyal readers, we don't have to be introduced to Kitty because we know her. Or just right. let Jen, Jen write the fan fiction for it. I'll just write fan fiction. Fine. I'll just That's write fan fiction. Does it Tim comes Taylor in with Blake relationships with characters? That'd be hilarious. In worlds already established, so if we find Jen writing archive like of your own, if my agent is watching this now, she'll, Hi, she's, I'm going to get like a message to me saying, "Like, can you please finish your book <laughs> before you start writing <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> fan fiction well. based on After Alice Fell?" Yeah, I like, am. Just, I am finishing my book. <laughs> When's your deadline? We are talking about deadlines. We're not talking about deadlines. No, I I need to have something to her this month. (laughs) I have, uh, my edits are due on Monday for the new book. And sorry, I like what's like, oh God. So if I'm talking like a weirdo ever, just tell me because I'm just, you know how you get, okay, this is yes. a part of the writing process that I don't think people know. It's when you get to edits and you doubt every single thing you ever wrote in the book. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I've got even certain drafts from my you editor. just be like, this isn't an, even a thing. I've been told mine aren't. <laughs> <laughs> we all have. I, I have. You know, I have to say my editor's amazing and she gives me amazing ideas that I say like, hey, why didn't I think of that? That's brilliant. So. It's, I have all that. So you'd think I'd have a roadmap, but no, I have to spend three hours trying to change one line of dialogue because I have to, you know, it's like, nobody's going to care. Like today, I'm like, nobody's going to care. Can it just be gone? If it's that problematic, can we just get rid of it? No, no one's going to notice. It be perfect, right? You know, that's, yeah. when you're that late in the, that edit that's going out, yeah. it's like, oh my God. I, and I swear, I'm just like, I have two scenes that I'm totally rewriting. Like they have to be completely rewritten. Like oh, you're insane. <laughs> like, did they really have to be totally rewritten? We get where you are in the process. You get where you're like, right? You know, like, you know what I should you, do? Completely scrap my whole plot. I'm just and gonna try throw the whole new. thing. Yeah, I'll have yeah. you a new thing by Monday. It's a yeah. different story. That's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. Fine. Uh, yeah, I know I did not do what you asked for, but I can easily do that by tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Here's my ninety-five thousand words that. Oh, here are my bricks. Here are my bricks. Want to see my brick catalog? Which brick would you like? (laughs) I can definitely build a house out of this. (laughs) You have until Monday and go. (laughs) And then in the middle of it, my computer is dying. So it's like, I'm trying to save and it's 20 minutes of a spinning ball. Not the spinning wheel of death. The spinning wheel of death. More than days of this. Okay, I shouldn't say this on on my computer because it's listening, like literally listening through the microphone. But mine has been doing this thing on, I don't want a new computer. I don't want a new computer. Um, Where it just, it doesn't turn on most days. It just has to go. I just keep pushing the button. 
repeatedly. And then eventually it does every time it has, but every day I'm like, is this going to be the day I've got to drive down to micro center and buy a new computer day of, cause I got a show to do. And it always turns on, but it usually this takes is the exact problem my, my computer has as well. Like the hit the button, nothing happens. Hit the button, nothing happens. Mine, everything lights up. And sometimes if I hold it down, it sounds like the beginning of Erasure's chorus. And it's like, <laughs> oh. sometimes mine doesn't do anything. The lights go on and then off. And I'm like, hmm. But no noise happens. I wish that I still hand wrote at times like this. You know? Yeah, but you know what you can't do? You can't do a podcast with handwriting. <laughs> It doesn't work that they way. call that penthouse. <laughs> Hello. Hello, guest. How are you? <laughs> and then we just and I, we will send you the transcript. And then we just read aloud into like a a, a CB radio. Kim's breaker breaker one nine. Kim said there was a pile of wrong. bricks over nine eight four brick calling in. <laughs> oh, Kim actually is in an asylum. Where she will be by the time oh, of my goodness. Edit being okay. due. Well, but I'm really, thrilled that you came here on like just several days before your edits are due for taking the time oh, out of sorry. the. <laughs> sorry about that. No, I'm happy. I'm happy for it. We're a distraction. Really, really good. You got, no, I've been waiting for this. Don't do it. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> for people okay. watching the video. Uh, my hands are orange. I color my hair. They look like gold. shiny gold. <laughs> <laughs> but we are we are hoping you will get to those edits and you figure out that whatever that scene needs to be and it's just perfect. And you know, maybe was, ask your editor, can you give me a little guidance right on this line? Like what should be like be like that one word? Like yeah, I like, want just like a roadmap. Just write it for me what you want. Change there. Just write it. It's fine. I'll yeah, but like, no. instead of just saying, so- this needs some work, just be like, could you rewrite that line the way it works? Yeah. Could you tell me how it works? Like that. <laughs> could you words for me? <laughs> like, and if you I'm were to like write trying it. trying to act like I, I'm so, like, you know, I know everything, right? I know how to do this. You know what it's like. You you doubt. There's doubt, always. Yeah. And I think if we didn't have it as writers, we'd have very mediocre We material. would be insufferable. I might have been talking to a friend about that today, but I won't really not, not we were talking to each other about other people who uh, that is kind of some people's attitudes who are just like, I don't need anyone to tell me how to do things. And here's my work and people can take it or leave it. And they're mostly leaving it. And so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't really want to help somebody with a marketing component if they're not willing to put in the work in the the draft of a good product component. And I'm like, I think you're correct that if you're not willing to put in the work on your craft, then maybe doing the marketing, you're putting the effort in the wrong place. Right. Just yeah, yeah. kind of might want to think about that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just think about having a good story to begin with. Maybe. Or yeah. strong prose. Those are both yeah. good things to have. You exactly. Know? exactly. Really like, you know, compelling characters, something that's, you know, you have all of that. Yeah, you do. Oh, thank you. You just got to fix that, whatever that just line is. That 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 sentence, like, whatever that is. You know how <laughs> line. So they're like lines of dialogue you think can change the tenor of the scene in the next yeah. scenes to yeah. come. And if they're not exactly right, it's like, ah, oh, it's muddy. That just do you feels say, muddy. When you're at that point in the process, do you say the words out loud? Like I always find like, especially dialogue, if I don't yeah. say it, 
don't figure out where the characters are breathing, mm-hmm. where, where the emphasis in the words, where, the oh, that's emphasis, where they're like going, oh, I have to look away because I can't look at the person right now. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I always, I fall to that because then I'm like, oh. Well, that's when your drama takes over because mm-hmm. Jen's an actress. So that's, that's where your training kicks into drama over over like what literature. is the sentence right and and <laughs> right. we've worked with you on punctuation sometimes because it's like well, but this is how i'd say it out loud i'm like it's not a play we're I gonna know. put a comma and then a semicolon there you go you're done <laughs> yeah. Thank exactly you. exactly but, I'm like, but, but i'd I, be I, breathing I, there <laughs> i know you would right. and and i started in theater too so i was in theater in la and and i re- characters to me i hear them first kim it's what were you doing in la is theater what were you doing here oh this is so long ago my god I still want to know. Long ago. I, I moved out of there a long time ago, but I did. Smart. Uh, Cloud Nine. I, yeah. Very long time ago. But then I, st- I switched to writing because I just couldn't see myself as an actress. I didn't just couldn't do it. Yeah. I, was... I like animals and I like to be in one place. <laughs> I didn't want to like go, you know, audition I did, I did, every year I did at different the regional theater theaters. Thing for a while. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so much. And. <laughs> Besides, we have plenty of rejection in the literary world. You don't need it for yeah, anything. Exactly. I want to be rejected in a different way. I yeah, intellectually. Exactly. Not based on the fact that I'm not the right look. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can do that all the time. That's, <laughs> That's called dating. That's <laughs> easy. Exactly. That is hilarious. Jen, um, I think we should have Kim send us her dialogue and we'll do it like Mad Lib style. So remove the problematic word and we'll just we'll just give new words. They won't be helpful words. They won't be helpful. But it'll be funny. That is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it would be hilarious. We'll insert random animals. Have you considered using a tamarind in this line? (laughs) There were not tamarinds back in 1875. Porcupine quills. I'm like, it's New Hampshire. We've got to we've got to say New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Porcupine. Fox. Some random deer gets hit by a carriage. I I finally moved out of the having to name all the bushes there and all the plants and everything. (laughs) So that was all very much in the in the 1855 one. There was like you were naming the bushes, everything. You knew what everything was that was in the woods. And then I realized it's part of you know it's the things you do that are unconscious, but they're part of our lives as we move from rural to more industrial. Is Mm -hmm. we start losing names of things that were very common to know. Bush at the time. Bush, yeah, yeah. now Bush. Now no, they're no, like, bush. I fell in the brush. But then it was like, I fell in the oak, the, the uh, whatever it was, the silver maple, not the red maple, because it, they only had this kind. And they- well, I I appreciated the shout out to the silver maple because I turned to my husband and I said, "Your favorite tree is in this book." Oh, tell your husband it's my favorite tree. <laughs> He's the producer. He's listening right now. There you go. Roman, it's I your love favorite tree. Favorite tree. It's your favorite tree, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he had a favorite tree. I well, when you live in New Hampshire, tree. you do have favorite you do. trees. <laughs> you mean like a favorite kind of tree, not like a specific tree, right? Um... I think he has one that he, every time he sees it, he's like, oh, it's so beautiful, but it's a silver maple. Okay. It's a very specific silver maple. When but he I, likes them in general. I, I live in a, a sort of small town that's all around the, the wine country in, in Oregon, but I used to live in Portland and I drive down the freeway and there was one cherry tree just on the freeway, a scraggly thing, but it bloomed. It was the first thing that bloomed. And so when I knew that bloomed pink, I said, oh my God, we're out of the season of depression. Life will be good yeah. again. This, this is, is seasonal here. It's an anti-seasonal depression tree. 
Yeah, it is. And it was just like, I would look for it all of March, right? Just like waiting for that tree because it's very depressing here. Instead of open, 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 it's bloom, bloom, bloom. Uh, Yeah. And it would just happen like that. It would be like nothing scraggly and then completely pink. Love it. Love that tree. Well, Kim, I hate to stop. We could talk to you all night, but you have edits to do. You do. Oh, I love talking to you guys. And I don't know if we've... How much are in no way avoiding doing those edits right we now? We talked about right. Please, talk please, about we will. Let's continue on. Let's let's read <laughs> <Yeah>. the Iliad. <laughs> we'll read aloud to each other we'll for aloud. hours, <laughs> and then we'll we'll do a lantern show. <laughs> Kim, you are welcome back anytime. I would to talk love about to come trees, back. bricks, writing your uh, I, your books, of course. Just I in would love to. Anytime. You guys are so awesome. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you. Cheers. 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 Thank you to Roman, our producer, and Pam Stack, our executive producer. This has been a copywritten podcast for the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and we will see you all next week. Waving.